Well, welcome to the show. This, this is our view from, from the bench. Well, welcome to the show. I'm Brendan, Scott Boris's contract sender. And I'm Corey, flag carrier from McGenzie Dern's Walk-In, and happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, man. How you doing? Not bad. Uh, had a good uh, family event over the weekend, I should say. But uh, hmm, Okay. Uh, you had lunch for like a party or something, or what do you mean? No, uh, got a little early uh, new family member. My sister uh, gave birth to uh, Naomi Capri Brown on Saturday Hey, afternoon. congratulations. Congratulations, Mel and Kevin. Yep. Uh, congratulations, Uncle Corey, and to the whole family. That's awesome. Is what, I, is what we're oh, going sorry. with. Uh, okay. so she knew. Uncle yeah, Otis, I, nice. We'll see what Naomi comes up with when she starts talking, but we're going Uncle Otis for now. So <laughs> nice. All right. I like the name, Naomi. I like that name. Yeah, it's a good They wouldn't tell us the name until they uh, had her. So we had no idea what the name was going to be until uh, she arrived on Saturday. So, but uh, a little early. So she's in the NICU right now for probably looks like three or four weeks, maybe. Uh, Melanie went home today. So everybody's looking and feeling good. Naomi's breathing on her own, which is a huge uh, positive sign in the right direction. But yeah, new family member. Uh, is here nice congratulations man congratulations that's awesome news. i didn't do anything but thank you <laughs> well you know i mean that's just what you're supposed to say <laughs> uh that's awesome that's really cool uh congrats also to the fam be praying for uh healthy upbringing definitely got get through this like little first part and uh, mm-hmm. i'm sure the rest will be downhill mel's got it no problem yeah, not worried about it at all <laughs> her and kev are gonna be great <laughs> perfect that's perfect uh, well, we have another new stuff, a lot less cool, uh, but we're going to kind of try to switch things up here as well on our view from the bench. Uh, we're used to bringing you kind of long form podcasts where we kind of discuss a plethora of things that are kind of going on within the sports world in general, uh, which we enjoy doing. Uh, but we'll, what we want to kind of do is switch it up to be instead of being far and wide and shallow, we're trying to be a little bit more focused and deep. Um, what we would prefer to do is maybe talk a little bit more in depth about things that we enjoy talking about, bigger stories that are hitting, as opposed to attempting to basically do like a sports center review, but for ourselves, right? That's kind of how you see it, Corey? Yeah, that's, it makes sense. The way we talk about it is. We go through an hour and 45, which is great. I mean, we talk all the time, so it's not like we don't we talk for an yeah. hour and a half or two hours mm-hmm. at a time. But, uh, yeah, instead of just kind of running through the topics and getting through them quickly and trying to get through everything we have on our uh, document that we prep ahead of time, it'll be now more so. Well, plus, I mean, it does help with the things have slowed down. There's only a couple, you know, basketball and hockey is really the only thing going on right now. So it gives us an opportunity to kind of maybe reformat a little bit and kind of try some new things and see uh, if everybody else likes it as much as we do. Exactly. So if you do, and if uh, you do like what you see, smash that like button for us. That way we know that this is the type of content that we should continue doing. It's going to be a little bit more digestible as well. We're hoping to keep it in the 10 to 30 minute range. Uh, that way it's um, you're getting you know some information, a little bit deeper information, but it's a little bit more compact as well. So hope you guys enjoy it. For those of you who aren't already, make sure you subscribe to the channel. And hit that notification bell so you never miss any one of the new episodes that pops up, especially since there's going to be more now as well. There's talk of Corey and I uh, may be doing this more often, so you might have more episodes throughout the week, albeit shorter, uh, as opposed to just the two or one or two that we release depending on our work schedules. So definitely look out for more. Hit the subscription and the notification bell so you don't miss any. And uh, yeah, man, anything else you want to share before we jump in? 
no, you covered it all. Like, uh, like all our stuff, uh, you know, get the notifications so you can, uh, when we do update them, since it'll be more of than just our Monday, Thursday, typical schedule. That way you have an idea of when we're on there. And we'll also probably at once the week's over, we'll try to maybe put them all together as one big episode. So if you do like the long form, at least it'll give you an opportunity to kind of listen to it in a long form fashion. True. Very, very good point. Very good point. So tonight we're going to keep it short, and we're going to keep it in basketball alone. We've got just a couple topics that we want to touch on. Sometimes it'll be one long topic. Sometimes it'll be a couple that might be related. Uh, this one's all going to be in the basketball realm. And one of the biggest discussions that kind of happened over the past weekend uh, came out of a college game that happened on Saturday between Duke and Wake Forest. Duke was visiting uh, Wake Forest when, and, and being the highly ranked team that Duke is, the number eight seed, in the, not seed, sorry, the number eight ranked <laughs> team in the country. There's no seeds yet. This isn't the tournament. Yeah, we're a little early. <laughs> we haven't started. I'm a little early. Yeah, sorry. Being we're the eighth close. ranked team. Yes, we are. March Madness is just on our doorstep. Uh, you know, it's kind of a big deal for Wake Forest, an undefeated team, although a good one in record. I believe they're 17-9 and before their 18th win, so it's not like they're a cellar dweller. Uh, they they won, and there was a court storming of, you know, fans, most of them probably students at the school, but a lot of fans coming, and there was a little bit of an incident that happened. We, ha we actually found a CBS news story that kind of breaks everything down. There's a lot of call to action from some of the main coaches, uh, like Bill Self and John Shire, who is the uh, head coach of Duke, kind of calling for some action to be taken in order to prevent some of these injuries and even pays homage to one that happened a, a few weeks ago that we covered in Caitlin Clark after Iowa had lost a game. I believe it was to Ohio state. So yes, I'm um, correct on that. Anything you want to add real quick before we kind of show them the, the recap? No, I think the clip is going to give you a, an idea of what we're talking about as far as what we're and the details of things that have happened already and kind of a, a little bit of both sides, I guess, in a sense of what they think they should do or what why people don't think they should do anything. So just give you a little bit of a, a backstory. Tonight, a Duke University basketball star is recovering from a sprained ankle and it happened on the court but not during play. The incident highlights the controversy over post-game celebrations and the chaos that can follow. CBS's Chanel Call has details. Moments before the final buzzer sounded, Wake Forest fans sprinted onto the court. At least two fans made contact with men's basketball starting center, Kyle Filipowski. His coach says he suffered a sprained ankle. I absolutely feel like it was personal. Um, um, you know, intentional for sure. It's the second recent athlete versus fan injury on a college court. Last month, a fan collided with NCAA women's top scorer Caitlin Clark at Ohio State in Columbus. And I was absolutely just hammered by somebody trying to run onto the court and basically blindsided. Filipowski's coach is now joining others calling for a ban on court storming. Like how many times does a player have to get into something where they get punched or they get pushed or they get taunted? It's a dangerous thing. In a statement, Wake Forest Director of Athletics John Curry agreed with the call, writing, something must be done about the national phenomenon of court and field storming. A review by ESPN found fans have been rushing college basketball courts three times a week in the past three months. Right now, the NCAA lets conferences determine how to penalize schools for these incidents. Some don't find schools at all. Others impose penalties of up to $500,000, but even those fines are not deterring fans. 
One thing certain leagues do is they make it mandatory for their schools to present, you know, a safety plan of sorts. Could it be a situation where there is an announcement, for example, saying, you know, wait 10 seconds so players can get off the court? With March Madness just weeks away, there is growing demand for a national consensus on how to control the crowds and celebrate safely. Chanel Call, CBS News, New York. So there's a little bit of controversy around it, and Corey and I want to kind of give our takes on it real quick. Um, there's basically, I guess, two sides to the story, right? Those who say, like John Shire and Bill Self, that this is basically pointless and we should be rid of it. And then there's those others, like, well, pretty much every student section in the United States, that yep. says, uh, this is one of the funnest things that we freaking do. Let's go ahead and keep it. So we decided to kind of try to take some sides here and uh, break down what we think might have to be done in order to get rid of it, or what reasons why it should be, or what could be done to kind of keep it. Let's run with the coach's take, which is, I believe, your take, Corey, in that it's kind of like a pointless thing, and storming the court should just be cut out altogether. Yeah, I feel like, you know, especially I've, I've kind of started listening to other people talk about this. Obviously, it's been a huge topic the last few days, and uh, UCLA Bruins, back when they were dominant as John Wooden was coaching them, they never stormed the court because, one, they, they were always winning, and they weren't really upsetting anybody if you're always in the championship <laughs> title run. Um, so they kind of outlawed it, but there was a, a point in, like, the late 70s, early 80s where the students kind of was like, no, we want to be able to do this. So they changed the rules and let them do it. Um, I, I mean, we both went to college. We didn't go to, like, a big school with a lot of sports. No. Like, Cal State Fullerton and Cal Poly didn't really have a whole lot of fans hey. at Titan Gym when the, when the Titans Hey, were real fun. quick, though. Cal State Fullerton, that's technically a D1 school, and the winner of the Big West goes to the tourney. So, yes, I, I've been – But I'm still with you. That, but <laughs> it's, it's not, not the same. Duke, level. Wake Forest, or, you know, these nah. big, these big programs Carolina, where their stadiums right. filled 10,000 and change. I mean – Fullerton right. plays a Titan gym. There's maybe a couple hundred, if a thousand people there. Oh, you know the big one though. Remember that one time we went to the pyramid at Long Beach State? That was that was, a, that was, a, that was a good overtime uh, defeat on Beach because uh, obviously Beach and Fullerton are not friendly at all. So that was a nice win no. against Casper when they were really good too. Casper, oh, dude, yeah, that's true. Baller. Casper, that fool was a little bit of baller, dude. So all right, sorry to throw off your tone. No, it's it okay. It's all good. Um, but yeah, I, I think it just it needs to go. I think there's just too many factors that can come into play and make it worse than it really is. Um, I just think it's kind of a dumb thing. Anyway, uh, in, in general, like we won a game, we get to rush the court and f slash field. Like, why? What does that do? I get it. College students are young adults. They're having fun. But, I mean, I've been to multiple games down at SDSU with my friend Tim, who's a uh, alum from there, and he has season tickets. So I tend to go down there with him. Their student section, known as the show, is awesome, crazy, super loud, super into it, all the chants. But you also have to think, like, these are college students. You can't think that they're not sober, right? There's no way all sure. those people in that student section are sober. I've sure Well, they're not 21, TV. Corey. I'm sure they're following the rules. Okay, we all went to college. <laughs> you know, some people have fake IDs in college before they were 21. You know, like, things have yeah. things happen. Um, they've come, obviously, with pre-gaming at, like, fraternity houses or sorority houses. I've even seen a couple games where I'm sitting near the student section at SDSU where guys and girls are drinking bottles out of backpacks that they snuck in. So, like, it's a thing. I think that's a big, I think that has to be at least discussed about because these people, Good by the point. time the game is over, are not in their right mind. You're running onto a court with just madness. People can fall and get stumbled on, which then creates injuries, not just to athletes, but to the students themselves. And we are in 2024. People sue for anything these days. So I would assume students and parents probably take advantage of that system and sue because of that happening. Um, and then let's think about it. If the school gets sued by a student and has to end up paying them, 
it ends up getting paid back by the students because tuition the next semester is probably going to yeah, go like, pay those fines. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, tuition goes up regardless, let's be honest, but that's not helping the case if we're, if we're thinking long-term there. Also, the only thing I could say to that is I don't know, and you could be right. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. I'm wondering what type of uh, like quote unquote rights you true. waive by you know how on the ticket it has like a bunch mm -hmm. of shit on the back that it says yeah. all those things. Maybe it says in there that'd be the only caveat. Otherwise, I agree with you, and I'm surprised that hasn't happened. You know what I mean? Right? More <laughs> often, and and one way I've heard people describe it, I think this was John Ireland on ESPN LA. He's talked about how. When you're at a sporting event, think about it as the, the field of play is the pool and the fans are on the outside. So if you're in the pool, you stay in the pool. If you're not in the pool, you stay out of the pool. Like you don't go one very to the other. clear. Like, yeah, that makes sense. Right? It's like a perfect way to describe it. And if you think about it, I know this isn't storming the court because of fans and winning and stuff, but the pa malice at the palace that happened in the NBA back in, <laughs> yeah. in high school, like fans went onto the court when they weren't supposed to. I know Ron Artest went into the stands first, but then other people coming from behind the team benches onto the court when Jermaine O'Neal ended up knocking that guy out. Like, why were they on the court if if Artest is at center court, and why are they coming from another corner? Like, there's no need for that to happen. So, yeah, it definitely doesn't like, happen in pros anymore. That's for no, damn it's, sure. That is, there's more red coats and security people on the court at all times. And if in, in the college sense that we're talking about, especially basketball, like if you think you have an opportunity because you have a big ranked team coming into your stadium, why isn't there more of a plan in, in place anyway? Like you're not going to stop it, I guess, if you are, if you're allowing it in general, but you mm -hmm. have to have more security to maybe kind of slow the process down and give the visiting team an opportunity to kind of get out of the way. Like any, any kind of game plan ahead of time. This isn't the first time it's happened. I think in the clip we talked about, it's happened. I think three times a week in the last month or something like that. Like, yes, this isn't that uncommon. So there's got to be at least some kind of pregame or plan that the security people have to go over. And then when it comes down to it again, the conferences are in charge of their own thing and not in figuring out the NCAA doesn't do anything, which the NCAA know, doesn't do shit for yeah, anything. They're worth this yeah, regardless. Right. Yeah, it's true. 100%, and yeah. In this case, we're talking about basketball, but the other part of it is if you think about football, it happens a lot too. Like, Football, there can, there's been cases where fans run onto the field. I think, if I remember correctly, it was Utah Valley State versus New Mexico State. Students rush the field, and they started throwing punches at a New Mexico State player. Like, why? Oh, snap. Yeah, like, that should Or be... even the famous one, the band is on the field, the band is yes, on the field. Exactly. The like, game wasn't even over. <laughs> no, exactly. Like, things get crazy. And then in 2005, there was a game in Minnesota. I think it was a smaller school. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but... When the you know the fans pull the goalpost down, well, when the goalpost got pulled oh, down, yeah. it hit a fan or a student in the head who had then ended up having head trauma. And oh, again, why are we letting these things that? Because just because it's fun in the moment, that doesn't mean other things can't happen because of the situation. And if you're sure, meth might be lot, fun in the moment for all we know. Yeah. Right now, if they, everyone's <laughs> having fun and there's a guy on the or a girl on the floor because they got hit by a field goal post or for sake that they hit a player and the player hit them back, then who's at fault at that point? Is it the player that's doing self-defense is it the, like, it just becomes too, too much. So it just makes sense in this day and age to just stop it or find okay. another way to do it. That's safer. I don't know if that's possible. Well, that's what I'm going to run with, man, because I'm all for keeping this court storming, but I do think there needs to be a lot of changes. And the first thing is going to go with that point that you brought up in that clip that we watched the CBS report. ESPN does a report that says basically Fans rushing courts three times per week for the past three months. That is uncalled for. Yeah, that's 12. That's 36 court stormings in the past three months, right, on average. Mm -hmm. I don't understand what, like, what is it that 
like how big of an upset could it possibly be? I think now we're because we're just in the point where you just want to be included in something. If you are a team that is not ranked and you're playing a team that is ranked, it's an automatic like, oh, we we better run to the court and storm it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I just I don't agree that that is like a thing. So to me, court storming should really be for important and meaningful games. I'm talking once a season, like per conference, like if that, you know what I mean? Like I'm talking, holy crap, bottom of the barrel, Louisville, right? And normally they're pretty good. Just beat number one rate Duke just before or in the ACC tournament or something. You're like, oh, snap. Okay. Okay. That's crazy. You make a really good point if you think about it. Why do we allow it during the season that's not included in the tournament championships that they play at other venues or even in the big dance? Like once March Madness starts, there's no storming the court oh, when the Cinderella stories thing happens. So what's the difference? That's a great point. That's a great point. I don't know. I say allow it. No, those venues are a lot bigger, and I, I, I see the difference. But then to your point, what is the difference? The only difference that I would say is um, they're – Completely nationally televised, you know, they, too much ton of stuff going on. Um, but yeah, I just think that it's too much. I don't understand why we're doing it. There can't be that many important games, okay? Yeah, but because a- I am on the side of keeping it, let's just say they do narrow it down, and it's instead of three a week for the past three months, it's three a season somehow. It just gets worked out to where like that. That's where something meaningful happens. I think that there should be rules and stipulations, especially like what you were talking about. If you're Wake Forest. And you're not a terrible team, and you're hosting Red Duke coming in. And let's just pretend it happens to be – I don't know what puts it into that echelon of more meaningful game. But let's just say it is along those lines. To your point, have a plan. And mine is something along these lines, okay? All right, let's see what you got. There needs to be a minimum time frame. I'm putting – can't be a lie. You can't can't expect a lot of people to wait. A 30-second window where – Okay. Uh, teams play opposing teams, players, coaches, staff, as well as officiating for the game is able to get to the tunnel um, at least to the tunnel. If they're not all the way back in the locker room or if they're not at least sit at away. their own bench, so they're not in the middle of the court <laughs> would be nice. Exactly. Um, and what you should do is always have the opposing team closest to the tunnel so they can, mm-hmm. you know, you can even rope that part off. Okay. okay. Second I mean- thing that I would do is only approved like certain student sections, right? Where yes. you have to may enter okay. the court. So you have to be a current student. You have to, in order to buy a ticket, maybe checking in, you have to show a current student ID. Um, and then afterwards, so it's that way, it's not like anybody who's close enough, right? Yeah. So it's like narrowed in so it's less people. It's focused so that way you're only going to a certain part while others can exit. And then the last thing, which may not people people may not think about, but you can only be there for like 15 minutes after the game. Like it's just just be like a yay. Like who knows how long these things go on for, man? People yeah, trying to clean up and go home. So after the yes. fifteen minute time of maybe we're all celebrated, right? You work in the freaking yeah. Stadiums, I work in the stadium, the sport like. ice work at Angel Stadium for baseball. It's the same thing. Like once they win the division at the end of a game, we got to sell all this merch. Like okay, that's cool and all, but can you guys get out and go somewhere else? We got a home. We got things to do and go home too. <laughs> exactly. So then you give them fifteen minutes, maybe ten. Maybe it doesn't even need to be fifteen. I just went with fifteen because I don't know. I just picked a random number. And then after that, any non-game related personnel must exit the floor immediately. And from there, really, it's just funneling them out of the exits. So. Yeah. Get people off the court who don't need to be in it, um, and then only allow students certain student sections to be able to do it. And that's yeah, and that's I mean that's maybe, at least a start in my opinion. 
maybe even make the student sections only allowed to come on and maybe make sure your student section is on the same side of the court that the home team's bench is on. So that way when yep. they do rush, they're near their players and they don't have to go all the way to the opposite side. Also, to your 30-second thing, maybe if, it, again, if it's a game-winning buzzer beater, you kind of got to go with the rules you, you explained there. But if you're up by like 10 points and there's 20 seconds left, call a timeout, have the visiting team that's going to lose, just go off the court and go to the locker room now and just have the winning team dribble the court and dribble the ball out or knee it down if you're in football, let the clock run out, and then there's nobody on the visiting team on the, in the field or in the court and yeah, in the way. Point. Then it's all just everybody on the same page. We're excited to win. We're not going to fight our own players. I would hope not at least or punch yeah, your own players. You, know, you never know. People would be crazy, <laughs> but you would think that wouldn't be the case. And then again, there's no other visiting team there to even have this issue arise in the first place. No, exactly. No, couldn't agree more. So that's uh, I think that's one way, but it's kind of fun, man. I mean, yeah. we we didn't technically storm courts, but I remember, dude, I remember that Long Beach game, and we went, and Long Beach was supposed to win. I, mm-hmm. you know, technically didn't go to Cal State Fullerton, but kind of went to Cal State Fullerton with you. Yeah, so. <laughs> you we lived were the there, and it was you dude, didn't live in the north. <laughs> exactly, dude. It was lit, bro, in the parking lot. Yeah, we were lit. Everybody like it was like it was a thing. So I understand yeah. like the principle of it, but not every game can be a thing. And then it kind of also makes it less special, in my opinion. Three times so, a week, there's yeah. not that many, not not many one seeds falling to a to an unranked team that often. You know what I mean? Well, and you made a good point yesterday when we kind of prepped getting ready for this that Shire, who coaches Duke, Duke is always really good and always in the top twenty-five. Bill Self, mm-hmm. who coaches Kansas, they're always good and in the top five. 25 or whatever so they're probably more likely to have to deal with this on a regular basis than the smaller schools that rarely happen to them like wake forest who beat them yeah, yeah. Exactly. the other thing that i think i mentioned yesterday too which kind of it kind of bodes to like the is this even really storm court worthy is they both play in the acc duke yeah. plays wake forest twice a year Every freaking year, and almost every year, Duke is ranked and Wake Forest isn't. So I just don't understand like the the rareness of this case. So that's that's why I think it should be narrowed, but still allowed with some rules. I can agree to that. Again, I think it should be gone, but I'm not against the rules and the way you want to revamp it. I guess in a sense, yeah, revamp. That's a great way to put it. Great way to put it. You don't need to We're doing some. <laughs> We're doing some uh, some more revamping again, kind of switching the schedule up. We're going to leave it in college basketball, but we're going to talk a little bit about a specific um, athlete who has a lot of pressure on his shoulders, but really is kind of trying to figure out really what his way is. And that athlete is LeBron James Jr. Uh, Bronny James, as he likes to go by, because obviously LeBron James Jr. is just a lot to to live up to yeah um and not even the pressure put on really by his dad it's mostly by you know the media and the public um but there's been stuff kind of going around lately kind of talking about brawny and his draft stock where he might get drafted if he'll even get drafted and there was a quick espn story that kind of came out it wasn't really a story i guess per se but it was an article that kind of did a mock draft for the 2024 nba draft and there was um brawny wasn't on it he was not included in the article. It's only two rounds, so it's 60 players, right? And there was talks basically of him being in the 2025 draft instead. So, can see that. you know, LeBron took a little bit of a, I guess not problem with it, but kind of had something to say about it and was um, – had some had a quick remark, so he kind of tweeted about it. We're going to show it on the screen now, uh, and I kind of want your take on it. Obviously, Corey, we'll talk about LeBron James, sorry, Bronny 
James <laughs> and uh, and what he says. I'll read the quote for those of you who are listening. But for those of you who are watching, check it out on YouTube. You can see it on the screen here. It says, can y'all please just let the kid be a kid and enjoy college basketball? The work and results will ultimately do the talking no matter what he decides to do. If y'all don't know, he doesn't care what a mock draft says. He just works. Earned, not given. Um, I mean, what are, what are your takes? What are your takes on this like, initial post? This was later deleted. He tweeted that he yeah, deleted this tweet, but obviously everything on the internet is permanent, especially when you're somebody like LeBron James. Somebody's going to grab that screenshot. Well, I mean, you don't want to add more attention to it, but it's also your kid, so you're going to say something. You're not going to not say anything. So I get it, but I'm with him. Like he is a he's a freshman in college. He's and regardless of his name being LeBron James Jr. I mean, let's also be honest. What a month ago or so, LeBron also said, "Oh, LeBron, Bronny James could be on this Laker team right now because he's better. He could give like contribute to what we're doing and what we need to do." Okay, so which one is it? Is it he's good enough to be in the league? <laughs> or, or he's not hey. he's alone. Like I'm not good point. Again, it's good his own point. kid. I get it. He's gonna defend him, but also like you kind of put the spotlight on him a month ago or so when you did the opposite and said the opposite. So not wrong. That's a it's great a little one. different That's there. Now, even if if the experts say he's undraftable, so what? Who cares what the experts say? How often are they wrong when they do these mock drafts in any sport, regardless of it being NBA or NFL? Most of the time, they're not even right. So who cares what they think? And like he said, he doesn't care what they think. He's just there to ball and get better. That's great. Now, you mentioned him's name being LeBron James Jr. does not help. And going by Bronny, cool, but it's not really that different from LeBron. (laughs) Not really. You know who your dad is and who you are. It's kind of hard there. And also... The the truth about it really is, what, less than a year ago, LeBron James Jr. or Bronny basically had a heart – did have a he heart attack. Died. And, and Yeah, was going to die. So the fact that he's even here and playing basketball at this point in college in the NCAA, right? I think is a huge thing, and there should be no pressure on him to even try to make it to the NBA in a one-and-done. That's hard enough to do in general, but with what he's been through, yes. I don't think that should be the main thing. I think they should just, again, let him play college. Let him if it takes him three years to get to the NBA, that's fine. The whole point is when you go to college, one, you're not supposed to guarantee yourself to go to the pros. How many athletes play NCAA sports and don't go to the pros of that sport? They go there for school most the degree, right? Like probably like that's what like that was to say. We see we see right? those uh, commercials during whether yes. it's uh, the the attorney March Madness, yeah. right? There it says like ninety percent, whatever the ninety five percent of student athletes don't go pro in what they played. You know exactly. Uh, They're there so to yeah, no, it's education. Very true. That's like their main thing. So yeah, you know, and if he's not good his freshman year and he has to come back next year and he gets a little bit better and improves, well, that's the whole point of going to college and having the four or five years, depending if you redshirt or get injured. Is there a tight end now that's been in the in the NCAA for like a decade or something? Yeah, exactly. The guy's like 26 years old still playing because he's got so many injuries and transfers and COVID gives you an extra year, whatever. So people are giving Bronny. The other shit, part too geez. is if he doesn't get drafted, so what? How many players do they talk about now in the NBA were undrafted, played overseas, went to G League Unite or Ignite thing, like played in Australia? Yeah, LaMelo Ball didn't go to college. He went over to Lithuania and played. Like there's right. other avenues to get into the sport, and everybody has their own timeline. Like I think the saying is, is we all have our own, every person has their own story or their own novel, but not everybody has the same chapters at the same time. Like just Mm, take care of yourself, keep doing what you're doing. Like LeBron said, grind and just focus on your game and yourself and whatever you're doing. And when you're meant to be in the NBA, if you're meant to be there, somehow, some way you'll get there. Now it does help having your dad as LeBron James, I'm sure. But also Mm -hmm. like Michael Jordan's kids, not all of them played in the NBA either. Like his sons didn't make it or do anything. And Tiger Woods' kid is about to play golf or try. That's, Dude. It doesn't happen all the time. Like, it's not a right. guarantee. 
And Charlie I know LeBron has mentioned, right? He does look good, though. I'm not going to lie. Now, LeBron <laughs> has mentioned he wants to play with Bronny or against him, however that is to happen. But there's no guarantee he's going to be in there next year. LeBron might have to wait another two years, and he's going to try to sign a three-year extension with the Lakers anyway. So it could happen, but just let it happen when it's meant to be. Don't try to force it or make yeah. it bigger than it is. No, I'm agreeing with you. I, I, I've actually seen like a couple of highlights. Us being here in LA helps us see a little bit more SC stuff. Like when they say when they show some CBS Sports highlights, do a little bit more local stuff. I mean, he's already on the radar because of like you mentioned who he is. Um, yeah. But he actually, I, I actually like the way he plays. I'm not saying he's NBA ready, but he plays with a ton of energy, which. To LeBron's point, the Lakers could definitely use somebody who has some fucking energy because I feel like every time we go on the damn court, it's LeBron at 40. And yeah. then a bunch of people who are like, yeah, I mean, I guess we're here to play some basketball. I'm just like, yeah, okay. I really need some energy belt right now. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And that's the type of energy that I feel like he brings. He has defensive intensity and extremely tenacious on that side. That's kind of like a Vanderbilt thing. And he actually legitimately looks like he wants to to be out there. He doesn't feel like the way that he plays doesn't feel like, am I doing the right thing? Is my dad going to get mad or yeah. everyone doing what he's, I just feel like he's going out there to play. It's I think he ball. wants to play. He's not feeling like he has to play because he's LeBron James son. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how well he's going to do, but I do think he's going to pan out and be an NBA player. I don't know how long he's going to be, but I do think that he'll play well enough to get like a second contract. I don't know how much it will be or how many years, but I'm going to say that whatever contract he comes in on, I think he'll play well enough to at least get a second one. I, I don't think he's bad. Do Even I think that he has a lot player, to do? That's okay. Exactly. Yeah. It's hard because everyone's going to be like, oh, yeah, your dad was the greatest of all time. Okay. Yeah. But there can only be really one or two, one or two of those. Steph Curry's yeah, dad, Dell, was okay. Steph's way better than him. So it doesn't matter either way. One could be better yeah. than the other. One could not. It just, it's whatever happens, happens. Agreed. Agreed. So, um, now, kind of a little added caveat to that. I do think his brother Bryce is a fucking beast. Uh, I do think he's going to be a little bit better. I think this is a, like a now. Granted, some of it was injury. I think it's like a Lamelo to a. a Oh my gosh, Lonzo. I was like, I forgot his fucking name. He's on our team. <laughs> I think it's more of a, like a Lamelo to Alonzo, where the younger brother's a little bit better. Um, so I do think Bryce is going to be a little better. I think he's just got a lot more raw talent. Um, and he may be better long-term, but I think both are going to be NBA players. But yeah. while we're still here, there was another stat that kind of came out, and that's what we're going to show here on the screen again. When comparing Bronny and his numbers from his freshman year at USC, there's another player who is actually really good right now, plays in the NBA. People might have heard of him. For those of you uh, listening, his name is uh, – what is how do you pronounce this? Jimmy Butler? Yeah. yeah plays for, good. I think, the Heat. Yeah, he's my, he might be decent. When he <laughs> first was at Marquette, his first year at Marquette, he averaged 5.6 points. Bronny's averaging 5.7. All right. So he's already a little better. Butler averaged 1.8 rebounds. Bronny's averaging 2.9. And Butler right. averaged 0.7 assists, which actually is like his main role in Miami, damn near, to 2.6 assists uh, to Bronny. So, okay, so more of a rounded player, though. That's a good thing. There's nothing wrong exactly. with that. Exactly. He's got more points, more rebounds, more assists than Jimmy Butler did. And he's just starting again. The point that he couldn't even continuously practice at the beginning of the year because he almost died yeah, should say something, you know? And this isn't no DeMar Hamlin almost died, played five snaps to give me comeback no, player no. of the year. He's averaging he's 20 cool. minutes, just over 20 minutes a game at USC. The games are only 40 minutes long. So he's playing at least That's half a game, game. Exactly. you know? So um, I, I, I don't see the negativity. I mean, I see it, but I don't 
I'm agree. not buying into it. I agree. <laughs> yeah, I think Bronny. I think Bronny is going to again. I don't. I don't know how good of an NBA player. I do think he's going to make it to the NBA, and I think he's going to be good enough to maybe steal a second contract out of somebody. All right. Well, again, as long as he continues to get better and improve himself, and he comes to the NBA at some point, and if you if you're a role player off the bench and you're really good at your role, you can have a 10 year career. I mean, Derek Fisher was a what 15 year NBA player. He wasn't the star player on any team, but he did his job really well and knew his yep. role and did really good at it. And because of it, Won his championships. teams were able to win. Even yep. when he went to Golden State in Utah, he was on winning teams. It wasn't like they were all you know, cellar dwellers at the bottom. Even Oklahoma. Team. I think he was there with uh, Chris Paul and stuff for yeah, a second. Yeah. Right. They were actually pretty good. So, yeah, it's not really about how you start a freshman year in high in, in college. It is definitely not going to, you know, set up the rest mm-hmm. of your life. I mean, how many of the ones that we see the opposite, right? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. This guy's the best thing since fill in the blank. Yeah. Greg Oden. Now, some of them might be injury prone yeah. or injury, you know, riddled. Related. But, I mean, technically. Yeah, related. Thank you. But technically, Bronny's an injury prone. Too. I mean, he had a heart condition. So right? let's not get too too far ahead of ourselves. Yeah, completely agree. Which, you know, going into new you, stuff and new things, the Clippers came out yesterday and unveiled, which I didn't even know this was coming until I woke up and saw it. I had no idea this was a thing that they were even working on. I don't know if I just missed that memo or whatever. But Me either. No, it literally dropped. I think it was a bomb. I think it just dropped like okay, a bomb. They're just trying to surprise everybody. So the Clippers come out with their new logo for next season going into their new Intuit Dome, their new building by themselves, and new jerseys, new logo, new alternate, you know, secondary, primary logos and everything. And I don't know what what do you think of uh, their new their new way of going about it? Okay, well let's put it on the screen here. We have a handful. We ha- we're at the bottom of the screen for those of you on YouTube, you'll be able to see that it's their old logo and then their new full logo. And at the top of the screen, it kind of just lays out the uh, order of all of their newer logos: their global logo, a primary, a partial, and then all of their secondary. I guess that would be weird to have multiple secondaries. That would be yeah, thirdly but that's what and fourthly. <laughs> but either way, you guys get what I'm saying. Uh, all of their other alternate logos as well. So um, let me put it this way. I'm a gigantic Lakers fan. So I don't give a shit. Show's over. Thank you guys for stopping by. Appreciate it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, honestly, the Clippers are like really embracing this new journey, right? Going to the Intuit Dome, their new two billion dollar stadium over by SoFi. Uh, they they're you know really going all in on actually acquiring players, keeping those players, trying to build a roster on it. Um, and I don't mind it. Again, as a Lakers fan, I you know I don't root for them, but it's no. nice to see that they're actually trying. You know, I like NBA basketball, and having a team in the league that's like the A's per se isn't always like the best thing. You know what I mean? Um, right. And Ballmer is sticking to his word, dumping billions of dollars into the team. I mean, he obviously paid people to come up with all this logo stuff. He's given two billion dollars to create the the Intuit Dome. He's over the luxury tax like crazy, and he's just paying everything because he just he's wor- he's willing to make this work. Uh, I still hope that they never win, but uh, I'm glad that they are contending. To be honest with you, it makes for a story to have LA have somebody else besides just the just the Lakers. So I think a new name could have been cool, but you know, then you lose all of that clay, that Clipper history. You know, all of their. Oh, remember yeah, they they did the well, <laughs> well they had the one time they did the. Never mind. Okay, they're not really saving history, but you know, either way, they're kind of stepping with the name. So. Um, I don't know. I think it's kind of cool. What are your kind of first takes, I guess? I Okay, again, if you're on YouTube and you can see the current logo they have, which I think looks like an – I think it was EA AAA baseball back in the day. It kind of looks like an NCAA AAA radio game. The new one is actually much cleaner, much nicer. 
Um, the details to to how they came up with it and everything is the only part I'm a little like not weirded out about, but like where did that come from? Like they talked about part of the reason that the new logo is and has the boat in it is they're paying homage to San Diego, their home before they came to LA. But they left San Diego in 1984 and they were only there for six years. So I don't really understand having an homage to that era of the team. That's what a clipper is. I know that, but it's still weird that they mentioned San Diego as a part of it. Like there's boats here in the harbor in LA. You don't have to mention San Diego and have (laughs) not wrong, bro. Yeah, we have a huge. Why aren't we mentioning (laughs) there? Why wasn't there any homage to them being the Buffalo Braves for eight years prior to them being in San Diego? They were in Buffalo longer and known as the Braves for two more years than they were in San Diego as the Clippers. So I just that part is weird to me. But overall, the logo itself is fine. I think it's nice. Um, You know, I think and like you talked about, Balmer is is sticking to his word and spending money. Now, it does help. He's worth more than every owner in the league combined, like all 29 owners. Their worth is less than what he is worth on his own. So that's a big part of it that he's able to do this. The fact that he's building a new stadium and paying for it by himself and not having us in California pay for it, huge bonus, mm-hmm. just like the Rams. Yes. Love that. Um, yeah. I don't know. The logo The logo overall is fine. The font for the Los Angeles Clippers part on the top and bottom is like a Navy uh, font they use on the boats and stuff, so that's cool. Mm-hmm. Although a Clipper is a sailboat, so I don't really know where that comes from. So that, doesn't this uh, totally – okay, so I'm glad that you brought that up because when you look at it, it mm-hmm. looks like it's a cruise ship. Yes. But Three. if you look at it – and you think sailboat, those could instead of being decks, oh, they could be they sails. Could be no, sails. Yeah, because when I that. first looked, I was with you. I was like, bro, this is a cruise ship. They yeah. don't, it's not even a clipper, which has sails on it, but then they could be like the staff, you know, like a full staff, and you have okay. a sail up top, yeah. sail in the middle, yeah, sail yeah, up. Yeah. That's that's the only stretch that I'll give. But and yeah. then the two the sides, the things on the side that are a little like I think it says the whole of the ship is set off with the seams of a basketball. It's like, okay, I get mm-hmm. that part. Right, I, cool. see that. That. I like that. Uh, the north part of the circle has like a compass on each end, and on the top it goes right to the end of Los Angeles for north. So that's cool. Like again, it's some of the details actually are pretty nice. Um, I think it's more classic, old school looking. It's not too over the top or in your face. So I think in the long run it'll it'll build, and I think people will end up liking it more than they do initially, especially here in LA as Laker fans. We're all gonna give them shit for it. it. But overall, I, I think it's fine. <laughs> I think it's a good logo. Uh, it's got the circle with the name around it, just like other teams have started to do where, you know, we play basketball and basketball is a circle. So it's kind of one of those concepts that a lot of teams have started to follow. Um, yeah, I, I honestly, I have no like bad things to say about it. The jerseys are fine. Um, we'll show yeah. those on the screen next. We have, yeah, I don't uh, think there's Paul anything George, crazy about Harden on here. Yeah, they I have think, their I new the, slogan, what, make waves? Yeah, make waves. And then if you notice below that, too, if you're watching on YouTube, that's the nautical signs for LAC there below. That's what that is uh, stands for. And it's on oh, okay. the side of the red jersey where it shows. You can't see it on the screen, but it's on the side of the uh, red jersey. I think the blue one, the dark navy blue, instead of that like almost powdery blue that they used to wear or typically wear is, is a nice change. Uh, I think the Clippers in cursive like that kind of reminds me no, of solid. when they were – in the uh, LA Sports Arena, where I used to go to games all the time with Eric Piakowski and Brent Barry were on the team. So, again, I think the jerseys are fine, but uh, most jerseys these days are just whatever. They're not anything crazy in the NBA. No, I feel like yeah. so. They look. You nice. know what I like too. I like that they're not going and they're not selling into the like you know how when they brought out like their San Andreas jersey with like the yeah. old like the what's that called? 
the Roman, not Roman. What is that called? Like the LA Times font. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah. With like their old mm-hmm. school, like old English. That's what it was called. Yeah. Old English font. I didn't like that vibe. Like, like they were trying to be like the blues collar workers of it. Like, what are you talking about? Blue collar workers like the Clippers, like the Lakers too. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. It has nothing to do with. So I just feel like they finally. Something else was their slogan. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I feel like they finally found like just a calm direction. And that's yeah. what they need. Like, they don't need to be, we're the fucking best. Screw the Lakers. We're better than everybody. Yeah. But you don't have to be like, we suck. We'll just be. No, I think this is clean, dude. I actually think they're very clean, uh, which is weird because obviously not a fan. But I think they're yeah. pretty clean, dude. I like them a lot. Yeah. I Again, I have nothing bad to say about the jerseys themselves. I think they look fine. They're very simple. But also, they kind of fit them. Like, most of their guys are simple. You don't hear Kawhi ever talk, so for him to be even in this photo, I'm shocked. <laughs> to be yeah, honest. I think he I think he was probably photoshopped in. I think that was a practice <laughs> photo, where it was just tossing the ball back and forth, and they had to just kind of photoshop the New Jersey. Over. But the other guys, they stood there for it, so they were cool. Yeah, no, but overall, I think it's fine. It, they did a yeah. great job. It's gonna we be do fine. Have, um, their core here as well. A little bit of uh, the new kind of showing floor. what the new court's gonna be at the Intuit Dome. Obviously, yeah, see, Intuit I like Dome that is dark noted. blue. I think it looks yeah, nice. It's a nice blue. Yeah, yeah, I agree. They do have that light blue accent, right? On the side, on the baselines, and then the circle that surrounds the white sea. There's that light yeah. blue a little bit there. But yeah, I like the dark blue a lot more. And you actually noticed too, they actually have, they're going to have the directions, the, what are those called? The longitude and latitude. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, of, of the exact, of the Intuit Dome, uh, right on the, right on the court. So yeah, 33.945 degrees north by 118.342 degrees west. Yeah, I think it's a nice little touch to detail. I kind of always like when teams do have new jerseys and they have these little intricacies kind of hidden within jerseys or court logos. So I think it's a nice touch. And again, the north of the end reaches at the top of the compass for north. I think it's just well thought out and, and looks good overall. I, again, I got nothing really bad to say about it. I know people are bitching on it because it's again the clippers but i i don't really care either that's way. the only thing i have bad to say about it is that this clippers <laughs> is pretty much it man to be honest with you <laughs> yeah but you also notice and have this other logo that you wanted to yes. show this so this is what story. i found and i just basically found that the clippers are liars okay <laughs> they didn't even come up with this damn thing because when uh somebody found that the columbus clippers <laughs> the triple a affiliate of the cleveland guardians is well i don't know you could see for the YouTube screen here if you're if you're listening on Spotify and or Apple Podcast, thank you, we appreciate you. But if you want to see all this stuff, especially with these shorter episodes that we're doing, we're going to be putting a lot more visuals on the screen, whether it be videos or just visuals in general, pictures and stuff. You can see it by searching "Argue from the Bench" at YouTube. It's basically the same damn thing. It's a big it's, giant C with a boat in the middle. It even has the three tiers of sails. Now you can yeah, kind of totally see the, the the sails that I'm talking about and referencing. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's not the same, but it's pretty much the same, right? Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, we looked into it. Obviously this is not the Clipper logo for Columbus. Currently they changed it. What'd you say back in 2018? I think that's what you said. 20, 2009. This 2009. was uh, okay. until so, 2008. They had this logo. Okay. So they've rebranded it a little differently, but it's, you can see the concept of kind of where they came up with it. I, I know we talked about too, there's, they're saying that part of the uh, new logo for the actual LA Clippers is they didn't want to do too much of a compass because they were worried about it looking too similar or being an infringement on the seattle mariners who have their oh, yeah. s logo so true, but again true. overall it's fine it it, it yeah. does the job it's nothing crazy but it's nothing like oh what in the world who designed that i think overall they did a fine job 
I think so too. The only thing that I'm that I'm I thought that I gave him so much props, and then somebody showed me this damn Columbus Clippers <laughs> thing. I'm just like, well, you know what? It's not even that unique anymore. I don't even really know if I should give you that much props, but. Uh, but yeah, no, I thought that was pretty cool. Props to the Clippers for actually doing something. And like I said, props to Steve Ballmer for, for following through. Uh, as much as I do not like this team, I want them to lose constantly. Oh, yeah. um, they, uh, it's still, you know, I don't like seeing teams just sit in the cellar because of poor ownership and poor leadership. If they just happen to be losing constantly, then so be it. But yeah. being going from Sterling to Ballmer and just kind of revamping all of this stuff, um, it's good. As long as they stay in, in the corner and the back seat, then it's all good. You know, I was thinking about, too, we talked about maybe they should have done a new name. Maybe they didn't want to do a new name just because they think they have an opportunity to win this year. Then they'd have to put a banner up in the new stadium with a different name than that they're currently going to wear. So maybe that was part of the thinking, too. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Again, the Clipper history, Corey. What are you talking yeah, about? It's about I the know, history that they share. All those blown leads. <laughs> all the you know, all those years without making the playoffs. I believe they are. Let me let me look real quick here because I I just have to look. Uh oh, what are you looking up? What is the stat that's driving you insane? No, I'm, I'm like ninety nine percent sure. I have to go to Basketball Reference. Come on, Basketball Reference. Why are you so Never far? good down? when you when you go to Reference. You're always looking up something in detail there. Yeah. Dude, I love this website, bro. Basketball <laughs> Reference. All of you out there, if you guys don't know the Basketball Reference website, y'all are fucking crazy. Okay, it's a lot. Of oh yeah, perfect. The team that is uh, career 42% win percentage. Yeah. 1,829 wins, 2,505 losses. Oh, yeah. Gosh, that's sad. Yeah. Woo. Keep that up. 54 seasons of losing basketball. Thank you. Come again. Well, let's make sure it's <laughs> at least 55 after this year. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So. But yeah, man, um, that, that kind of wraps this, this short one up. We're going to try to get you out of here with not too much to get into, uh, but appreciate everybody stopping by. Corey, if they want to see these going forward and anyone and want to check out any of our past ones, where can they do it, man? Yeah, if you, uh, again, want to just listen to the audio version, you can find us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And then if you want to look on YouTube and see all the slides we have for you or just see us and our reactions, uh, you can search on YouTube by searching Our View from the Bench on all three platforms. Also, don't forget to follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at RVUFTB. As always, we appreciate you guys stopping by. Thank you for seeing these from RV from the Bench. I'm Brandon. And I'm Corey. Like we always say, enjoy the sports until we talk again. Peace. This was a Sycamore 4th Studios production.